Welcome to the ASCD Connect podcast, supporting you on your journey as a life-changing educator. Here's your host for today's program. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Rabora, the Chief Content Officer for ASCD ISTE. The Assistant Principalship is one of the most important and challenging jobs in education today. How can these leaders thrive in the position and maintain their influence and their values amid all the pressures and twists and turns of the job? I'm going to be talking about this question today with none other than Baruti Kafele, the award-winning former principal and now one of the most sought-after school leadership experts in the country. He's the creator and host of the popular Virtual AP Leadership Academy, and he has a new book out that's entitled The Assistant Principal Identity, Protecting Your Leadership Mindset, Fervor, and Authenticity. Welcome, Principal Kafele. It's great to have a chance to talk to you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So you say in your book that you have a near obsession with the assistant principal position. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I really do. And it stems back from my days as an assistant principal, because here I, you know, I I was in the classroom for years and I became an assistant principal in January of 1998, meaning that I was teaching in December of 1997. So I'm thinking a lot of what I did in the classroom is going to be transferable. I'm not going to be obviously a classroom teacher, but I'm just thinking in terms of my skill set overall as an educator. And I found out that it wasn't. I became a full-time disciplinarian. And I I dealt with uh, lunch duty on a regular basis and teacher supplies and so forth. So anyway, um, as I began to open up my eyes a little bit further beyond my own reality and look at what was happening nationally, I said, wow, this is this is kind of how APs are being utilized in so many places, not all places. I don't want to be guilty of painting with a broad brush, but in so many places, the AP is the school disciplinarian, the dean of students, if you will. And I said, this is not good if this person is a, is, is a supervisor, evaluator, coach of teachers, because of that, if, if that's the case, then when do I supervise teachers? When do I evaluate teachers outside of the formal evaluation process? And when do I when do I coach them? So I said that has to change. So I started to put all this attention on the assistant principalship um, a few years back. And here I am. It's 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 an obsession. You know, it's um, it's it's every week. It's every Saturday with the virtual AP Leadership Academy. It's it's assistant principalship trying to transform that not solely through the assistant principal, but through the people who supervise the assistant principal, the principal all the way up to the superintendent. So that trend of using the assistant principalship position in in ways that are, are that they're not prepared for, you know, as a disciplinary, and why, why do you think that happens so often? I think it has just become tradition. It's it's always been that way, so it'll continue to be that way. And I think that we we need to start rethinking, reimagining, if you will, what the role of the assistant principal is. Now, one of the counters to um, a lot of people is that well, somebody's got to do it. We we do in fact have behavioral disciplinary issues, challenges, problems in our school, and I and and my counter to that is typically. Nah, I don't know that it's it's behavior, it's discipline. I, I, I think it's more you need to take a, a, a serious, earnest look at the culture of your school and perhaps the culture of the school, the culture of a classroom 
is giving license to these undesirable behaviors. So therefore, we're, we're putting Band-Aids on on something that's much larger than behavior. We're, we're looking at the micro and missing the macro. So we've got to give attention to the macro that this environment is an environment conducive to young people engaging in behaviors that we expect them to engage so that that AP ultimately, that assistant principal, vice principal, is able to be the instructional leader, instructional coach that their children and staff require and need them to be. Right. So going back to that idea about reimagining the position, what do you think the assistant principal should be doing and what should be their chief responsibilities in the school? Yeah, you know, in in a perfect world, in in the way that I envision it, the assistant principal should be just as much of an instructional leader as anybody else that's in that capacity. If if we're talking about a principal that's heavy on instruction and, and understands his or her role as an instructional leader, as an instructional coach, and thereby one who does a lot of coaching, one one that does spend a lot of time in the classroom, then. My contention is that the assistant principal should have the same opportunity. Um, but again, the culture of the building. Now, I know that there are other things to do in a school, but 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 all of that can be managed. You know, you, you look at how we go about planning, uh, organization and time management. All of that has to be considered because it, obviously being an administrator myself for the, for the 14 years that I was, I understand that there's a whole lot more to the day than instruction and student behavior. But when we put our priorities in order and understand that the, that the main priority in that building as a leader is, 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 is instruction, is achievement. And I say that the purpose of, of the leader's supervision of staff is the continued improvement of their instruction. So therefore, I have to be positioned in a way that I can make that definition become the, the reality of the school. I see. Okay. So in your book, you identify 35 characteristics or qualities that effective assistant principals have. Are there any that really stand out for you that you see as non-negotiable attributes of the successful APs in your experience? Yeah, you know, (laughs) that's a great question because I've asked myself that question, what stands out? And of the 35 and and those 35 questions and words, um, there's nothing really that I say this is that one ahead of the others. Um, there, there may be some that are just a little bit more passionate for me, but they're also significant. But, but, but off the top of my head, protecting your authenticity, who you are. And, 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 and let me just throw in, throw in why I even use this word protecting. Um, you know, we, we, we typically talk about professional learning, professional growth, professional development, but we don't always talk about sustaining it. We talk about the, the the fact that it needs to, the growth needs to occur and on an ongoing basis. But as I reach certain levels, certain plateaus, how do I protect that which I've attained? And, and so, so, so when I say that, going back to the example I gave you, uh, protecting your authenticity. And I'm saying that it's very easy to be in a system and to lose yourself. And, and, and I know something about that on a personal level. And I know that those were probably my darkest years, right. Or my darkest space, um, within my 14 years of leadership where I I lost 
myself, my authenticity, the, 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 the genuineness of who I am. So I'm saying to the leader, to the assistant principal in this case, but I could say it to anybody that you've got to be very intentional about protecting who you are. When they brought you in to that position of AP, they brought you in for who you are. You can't lose that. You know, that that that's a that's an asset of yours. That's that's a part of your strength and who you are toward making that transition into that position. So now once you're in it and the challenges and the obstacles and the pressures and the demands that come with the work, you can't lose your authenticity. So you've got to constantly remind yourself of who you are, but but equally important, why you are, why you're in that building why you're doing this work, why you chose leadership, why you chose education, because it's, it's very easy to to just be be steered un, unintentionally off of your path. And, and when you protect that authenticity, you've got that constant reminder. You've got people around you of like mind who those those accountability partners, thought partners who are going to work with you to help you to maintain or sustain your authenticity so that you can get right back onto that path that you need to be on relative to who you are. So, yeah, that's a big theme in the book, this idea of protecting yourself and that it's really easy to lose yourself in this field. Do you have any specific advice in that case? I mean how you can protect your authenticity in cases where you're, you know, I'm, I'm sure it happens all the time where an AP is asked to do things that they might not think are within their position or not right for their values in education. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's go right to the subtitle of the book in terms of that, that, that answer, um, protecting your leadership mindset, fervor, and then authenticity. Once again, so let's, 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 let's look at that. As far as that question, you're coming in there, and you've got a certain attitude, right? And and typically, as I say to my leadership audiences all the time, I don't think that there's anybody, as I say to them, that came into leadership thinking, wondering if I can really, like, like when they had the notion I want to lead, I don't think that they were thinking to themselves, but I don't know if I'm cut out for this. I don't know if I can do this. If you thought leadership you probably thought you had something to contribute. You probably thought that you will at your leadership and yourself will add value to a school one day, <clears throat> that school that appointed you. So I'm saying if you came in with that attitude, because I certainly did, I felt that if given an opportunity, when given an opportunity, that school, those students, that staff are going to be better because I'm there. I, I felt that strongly, that confident about the skill set that I was bringing to the school. So I'm saying to the, the, the reader, assuming you're bringing a mindset that's comparable, that you feel that you're going to add value. Once you get in there, it's, it's not going to be your reality is not going to be what it was when you were on the outside hoping to get in. Now you're in it. And, 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 and what's accompanying that is all the challenges, all the obstacles, all the pressures, all the demands, people pulling you in all different directions, etc. You've got to still be that person that was that was just looking up, hoping that I could get in there, that once I get my opportunity. So when you so when you're now confronted by those challenges, you still got to have that mindset. 
You can't lose that. You can't succumb because because the work is overwhelming. You've got to figure it out, but you've got to make sure that your mindset continues to be that I'm going to add value to this school. My leadership is going to add value to this school. My leadership is going to take achievement to levels and heights that were previously unimagined. So therefore, you've got to protect that. Just like you protect anything else, you protect your loved ones, you protect your home, you protect your car, you protect yourself. Well, you've got to protect your attitude. It's the same thing. And it's the same concept. You've got to be intentional about it. You've got to be deliberate about it. You've got to be purposeful about it. But then coupled with that mindset in terms of the broad category, your fervor, your your energy, your drive, your desire, you can't get to a point where, oh, man, these kids are not performing. Maybe they can't perform. Well, I need to lower my standards. I need to lower my expectations. No, that fervor, that energy, that excitement, that enthusiasm, that drive, that determination, it's still got to be sky high. So therefore, you've got to protect it by keeping in your mind why you came in here in the first place, your purpose, your reason, your because of doing this work of being in that building. Right. So. Uh, you refer to uh, the title, obviously, first to the identity of the assistant principal. And you write in the book, the identity of the assistant principal is an, an important aspect of the assistant principal's overall leadership. Could you comment on that? Yeah, you've got to protect that leadership identity. You know, like, like, like and see, I, as I always say, the assistant principalship and the principalship, they, they, they should be overlapping. However, they're two separate lanes. And, and and as AP, I can't lose sight of my lane, of my role. But but simultaneously, as AP, I want to be exposed to the fullness of, edu- of, of, of of school leadership. So therefore, you know, um, you, you, we're walking that fine line, but I want to make sure that my identity as leader, who I am, is never lost. So, so now the specificity of the identity, um, I thought about as an AP more so as a principal, like, who am I? Who am I in that building? Like, like what do the students see when they see me? What are the staff? What do they see when they see me? And we all wear just, just countless hats, just a multiplicity of hats. And I didn't, I, I felt that as I gave it deep thought, I said, they don't need to know all my hats. I said, there's only one hat that I feel that my students really need to know and gravitate to. And that's the hat that's written across the front, the word motivator. So so I crafted this identity as a motivator. And I wanted my students to be able to look at me when they think of me and they, they, they see, they think, they hear the motivator. Principal Kefele keeps me motivated. Principal Kefele makes me feel, makes me believe that I can achieve at levels that I never conceptualized I could lead. So now students are seeing me that way over time. That's my identity. So now I've got to protect that because if I morph into something that contradicts that, like I give, like, let me give you an example. I send a message to a student unintentionally that I don't believe in you, right? I send a message to a student unintentionally that you, 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 you can't go to this school. 
because you you just don't have what it takes. Now, this identity that I have as motivator, I have now compromised that because I'm telling a student or implying to a student, but you you can't do what this one can do. And I, I, I want to make sure I'm sending a message that you do what you want to do, but the standard is high. The expectation is still high. And if I feel that I see an area that you could excel in, in terms of next steps beyond school, then certainly I will put that in your ear, but I won't necessarily steer you that way because I want you ultimately to go in the direction that you want to go. But, but I want to be in position where you see me and you say, but you inspired me to want to move in that direction that others said wasn't for me. I got to protect that. I can't lower my standards. I can't lower my expectations because then they may begin to see me differently. So you really got to search for that identity and then really protect it as you go forward. Yeah, you got to search for it. And let, and let me, let, you know, since you use the word search, let me, let me just throw this in there. You're searching for that identity, but keep in mind for the folks that, that, that listen to this, that your identity is directly rooted in your, your professional identity is directly rooted in your personal identity. You know, you, you can't necessarily morph into someone that you are not. So if I'm a motivator professionally, it's, it's because I'm a motivator personally, right? If, if, if on the personal side, that's just not a quality that I have, then I don't think I'm going to be able to turn a switch on professionally and become that person, right? So, so, so whomever we are professionally, in most cases, is rooted in who we are personally. Yeah, that's a good point because you do see that often when when people go the other way and try to be someone they aren't personally. They see a movie or something, and I want to be that guy, but or uh, that woman, but 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 that's not who you are, and 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 everybody's going to see it, and then you're going to run into all sorts of problems. Yeah, are there ways that principals can help assistant principals in this work? Absolutely, I I, I would say in, in in most of the work that that is that is the role of the principal. You know, it's um I, I talk about often. One can go to the conference, the institute, the academy, listen to the podcast, watch the live stream, become a part of a professional learning network on social media, read books, read journals, read blogs, you can do all that stuff. And here's the one thing that none of that can do. It can't watch you in action, right? That's the one thing. It can't watch you in action and give you feedback. So so, so my position is always it, between the administrator to the teacher, same principle applies. Best professional learning that that teacher can receive is that, that collegial relationship that that teacher has with the administrator. So regarding your question, principle to AP, the best professional learning experience that that AP can receive is from that principal in that school, in the work, in real time, not sitting in some conference for four hours listening to a speaker like myself. Right. It's, it's like, OK, I'm, well, I'm really fired up about this presentation. But, but now you're going back to the school. And where's the oversight from what you were exposed to? But see, when you're in that building with that principal and particularly that principal who has a priority of developing my AP, right, of of exposing my AP to to all facets of leadership. That's the real professional growth. That's the real professional learning. And particularly when that principal gives that AP 
constant ongoing feedback, but by the same token is not intimidated by exposing this, this, this assistant principle to all aspects of leadership is not threatened by that assistant principle. And I will in fact expose you to everything that there is to know about, about principal leadership, because now what I do is I increase the probability that the assistant principal is ready it's at whatever point in time that, that that opening occurs, that I'm ready to make the transition to principal leadership, not to say that I'm fully prepared to be exceptional in the position, but I had exposure to what this is. So that transition becomes that much more seamless than um, if my full time exposure was disciplinarian cafeteria supervisor and that type of thing. And now you throw me into a school as principal. What do I know? What do I know about a budget? What do I know about 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 a collegial relationship with with teachers? What what do I know about everything there is to know about principal leadership? I never did it as an AP. So in some ways, it comes back to that defining the role in the correct way. So as you know, there's been a lot of turnover in school leadership positions in the past couple of years. Uh, So it's likely that this coming school year, there'll be a lot of new assistant principals. Do you have specific advice for these individuals? People are just coming into the job. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question because those folks coming into the job, those new APs, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I have a video out that's been out since 2017 called thoughts to consider for the assistant, uh, for the assistant principal job interview. And I, I recorded it in a hotel um, in the middle of a, in the middle of sessions one year in, in 2017 because I couldn't handle the volume of people who were asking me how do I prepare for an interview or the ones who were saying I got the job what now it was just too many people so I said let me put it all in video for free and it went viral and here we are but now these folks get these jobs but they're still asking me what next so let me answer the question cuz it cuz it's 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 obviously a popular question <laughs> the what the what's next once that ap is appointed is it's really is it's it's simple if if that principal hasn't reached out to you like as soon as you were appointed right or the next morning <laughs> then you reach out to him or her that's the next step Right. It's not going to the school and and let me find something to do, which a lot of a lot of folks, they're thinking that that's what they're supposed to do. Let me well, let me go to the school and and give the impression that I'm ready and 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 be a self-starter and just find things to do and start doing. No, 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 that that that's not what to do. It sounds good on paper, though. No. Your, your your first line of defense is now to call the principal. I wouldn't even say email. <laughs> you may not check email till the next day. Call the principal and ask what time you should be there and 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 can we meet? Right? And now in that meeting, between the questions that you have prepared to ask or the ones that are just right here at the top of your mind. And the things that that eight that principal wants to share with you, because if I'm principal bringing in an AP, I've got so much that I want to say. I've got so many questions that I want to ask. I can't wait to see you. So if you haven't received that call, then you make the call and it, immediately and, and, and ask when can you know, it, it's not about scheduling some meeting now as when can you come in and we could have a sit down and talk about what you see in terms of what my role will be as AP in the school. And then you just build from there. 
But that's the next step. Great. Rudy Cafele, thank you so much for taking the time to share your insight and passion on this topic with us today. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. To learn more about Rudy Cafele's book, The Assistant Principal Identity, visit www.ascd.org books. 